Who wants to be a superhero? Erica Belfry once did. But after an ill-fated attempt to stop a supervillain's bank robbery, she found herself on the wrong side of the law as the supervillain Princess Crash. Now partnered with Jefferson, alias Weatherman, a crotchety thespian with storm powers, and ironically the same villain she tried to stop in her first heroic venture, Erica finds herself navigating the complicated world behind the cape. One in which every daring hero and villainous heel answers to a corrupt secret organization known only as the Board. Forced to battle heroes in orchestrated public bouts known as capers, Erica for a while enjoyed her new adventures as a pretend villain. That was until she discovered the harsh truth. Although their capers were planned, the consequences of a heel losing a caper and being caught meant going to prison for life. Now caught as pawns in the schemes of the true enemies who control the battleground, Erica and Jefferson recognize the dangers they face. For this is a dangerous world for those who don't play their parts in this theater of heels. Support me on Patreon. Previously on Theater of Heels. After a brief hiatus from the mission set by the board, Erica and Jefferson are called back for a meeting with one of the businessmen. Their interaction becomes hostile almost instantly as Erica verbally confronts a telepathic member of the board, forcing the businessman to retaliate psychically. After which, he introduces the pair of heels to their superhero opponent on their nets caper, the super fast Sprinter. The connection between Sprinter and Erica instantly sparks, but the hero cannot contain his overt dislike of Jefferson. And now, I present you with our current episode. Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels, Part 4, Family Matters, Chapter 21, Connection Speed. There now. Now that we've come to an agreement, the businessman stamped the papers Jefferson, Erica, and Harry had just signed before filing them into his briefcase. You can leave. Erica frowned. Just like... The scenery suddenly changed from the pristine barren walls of the meeting room to the main thoroughfare of the maze. That. Harry's head blurred as he shook it. Man, I hate it when those jerks mind me us like that. No kidding, Jefferson growled. The closest vendor next to them, Bob, from Atomic Bob's military surplus, greeted them with a nod. You just get done with a meeting and with the telepaths? Rubbing her head, Erica asked, How did you know? Bob shrugged. They always brain zapping some poor schmo or another to make them walk directly here like freaking zombies. Yeah, you three all had the signs. He ticked them off on his hand. Glassy-eyed, not talking or interacting with anyone, walking single file, stuff like that. Why do they make us walk here of all places? Well... It sure isn't to make anyone spend money in my store, groused Bob. He shook his head. Who knows why those little weasels make anyone do what they do. My best guess is that it's a place in the maze that they've all seen that's far away from their offices on high. They usually do it to people who piss them off. Really? Erica glanced at the others in surprise. Bob chuckled. At least you arrived here with all your clothes on. Erica gasped. They made people do that? Bob made a calming motion with his hand. Don't worry your pretty little head off. 
As far as I know, they've only done it once, and that guy was a real piece of work. Harry nodded. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Jefferson said, We should get going too. Bob sighed. I guess we'll be seeing you. Erica said, Hold on, before we go. She turned to the military surplus store. She asked, pointing, How much for that rocket launcher? Bob smiled. I knew there was a reason I always liked you. Minutes later, Jefferson gave her a sidelong look as she carried a massive case of her new rocket launcher. Jefferson asked sarcastically, Was that really necessary? Erica answered without hesitation, Yes. Harry, who was with them, chuckled. He, unlike Jefferson, had offered to carry her new purchase for her, but Erica refused. You're not going to use that on me, are you? He asked playfully. Erica hugged the case like a giant teddy bear. Don't tempt me. Harry grinned. That is not how I want to tempt you. Erica felt her face heat up. She giggled and looked away. Oh, really? Jefferson closed his eyes and craned his head back and exhaled loudly. <sighs> Neither of his companions noticed. Eric and Harry were too busy staring into each other's eyes as something new within them fluttered. The three of them headed along the corridor with no clear destination in mind. Erica and Harry launched into a quick conversation that jumped around at subjects from their favorite foods, movies, books, and more. Jefferson watched them warily. He quietly rolled his eyes before smiling inwardly. He was finding his role as the third wheel to be decidedly tedious, but he didn't want to interfere. This was a precarious place to encounter a new infatuation, especially with a superhero as capable as Sprinter, scheduled as their next opponent. Still, he didn't want to stand in their way. Far from it. A blind man could see the sparks fly. Besides, there was something delightful about watching Erica forget her troubles for these all-too-short moments. She was a girl who delved into a world that was far more severe than he had ever known when he was almost twice her age. She deserved to be young and have fun. In truth, he wanted that for her. If Jefferson could wave a magic wand, he would grant that wish for her. Jefferson sighed. If he could wave a magic wand, he would grant far more wishes that were beyond him. He shook his head in an unsuccessful attempt to dislodge his melancholic musings. Instead, he focused on the pair ahead of him, letting them have this moment. For their part, Eric and Harry had almost forgotten about him as they leisurely walked to their destination. No way, Eric explained. You play Dungeons and Dragons? Well, yeah, Harry laughed. I've been playing the same campaign since my days in the Academy. Who would have never pegged you for someone who played role-playing games? said Erica. You seem more of a... I don't know, she finished weakly. A jock, Harry supplied. That's it? Nerd stuff just seems so out of... He interjected. Character? For me? Nah. That's just stereotyping. I nerd out over all sorts of things. But don't get me wrong, I love sports. Especially soccer. I love, love, love soccer. I just can't play it with anyone because, well... No one can keep up with me. That's a shame, she said sincerely. Harry shrugged. That's the life of the speedster. Erica looked at him quizzically. What? I don't know. This might be too personal of a question. She shook her head. Never mind. Nuh-uh. 
Now you gotta ask it. Well, if you're sure. Now let's drop it. Ask you later. Go ahead, he prompted. Erica sighed. Okay. Um, what's it like being super fast? Oh, Harry deflated. Okay. Erica held up her hands. I'm sorry, you don't have to answer if it's too personal. No, it's fine. Harry sighed. Everyone asked sooner or later. Erica explained. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like everyone else and make you uncomfortable. Forget it. We can change the subject. He smiled at her. Well, that is new. She frowned. I'm sorry. What? He laughed. No one's tried to retract that question. Even when I told him it made me uncomfortable. Really? That's so sad. He chuckled. <laughs> no, not really. It's a first world problem at most. Actually, I think superpowers makes it even more petty than the usual first world problems. He finished with a shrug. Erica said, If it bugs you, that still makes it significant, right? I guess so. But there are bigger worries in the world. Erica asked, May I ask you something else? You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Shoot, said Harry. Why does that question about your super speed bother you as much as it does? That is a new question. He offered her a small smile. I guess it bothers me because it's what everyone defines me by. They don't see me as a person with thoughts, feelings, and interest. They don't care that I love sushi. You do? He nodded. Love it. As well as Thai food, Lord of the Rings, nature photography, fishing, soccer, science fiction novels, and role-playing games like D&D. I honestly want to make the world a better place. I was devastated to realize that the true purpose behind all these battles between heroes and heels was some pointless marketing scheme. I hope they use my speed for something good, something meaningful. He shook his head. Of course, I can't say any of that to most people. He smiled, looking at her. In fact, I don't think I said it to anyone before. Really? Harry nodded. Most people just see me as an aspect of my powers. To them, I'm just the guy who's really, really fast. Erica nodded. I think I understand. Unfortunately, that's how so many people treat me. They think because I don't have powers in this world that I'm next to useless. They treat all us tech-based members, us gadgeteers, as nothing more than a dime a dozen. Well, you certainly proved them wrong. I've tried. Harry nodded. Do you still want to know what it's like to be super fast? Erica shook her head. Not if it makes you uncomfortable. It's fine. I don't think I'm mine with you. Really? You don't see me as my powers. I always tell everyone my powers are really fun and exciting, but in truth, they're anything but. Super speed is so boring and exhausting. Really? Yep. I trigger a chrono aura that speeds up I trigger this chrono aura that speeds up my ability to move through time. Depending on how much power I use, depends on how fast I move through time. And my peak, minutes pass in seconds. But that is super taxing on me physically. Because using my power takes a ton of energy out of me. Plus, I'm physically spending hours in a hyperstate. When I run at the end of the block, I'm just like you, running at the end of the block. But at a hyperspeed state, the world is just really slow around me. There have been some fights I've literally spent hours in a few minutes. 
I come out of it exhausted. Not to mention it's so boring to be in a hyperspeed state. There's no one to talk to. No music to listen to. I'm generally stuck in here. He pointed out his head. While I run around. It's honestly kind of lonely. Oh my god. I never thought about it like that. No one does. They think I get tasked like washing the dishes and doing the laundry done much faster. It's not like that at all. Because from your perspective, you're spending the same amount of time doing the same task. It just looks like you're finished early on the clock. Exactly. That's true. Does that mean you age prematurely? Harry's eyes widened in surprise. Wow, you really are quick on the uptake. To answer your question, yes and no. I can use my powers to make the world travel faster around me in a kind of hypo-speed state in order to compensate for my time spent going super fast. Wow, that sounds intense. I guess. It puts me in a super vulnerable position. So, I have to be in a safe place to manage that. Plus, it's also very boring. Unfortunately, my time in a hypo-speed state rarely equals out with my hyper-speed state. As a result, the Cape Score scientists informed me that I probably aged over a decade past my actual age. Oh, wow. That's... I guess that's why I'm always in a hurry. I don't have time to take it slow. I guess I can understand that. Harry, uncharacteristically nervous, asked. Listen, I was wondering, wouldn't you like to go out to dinner sometime? Erica's grin broadened. She nodded. I think I would like... Absolutely not! Jefferson interjected. Harry and Erica's eyes bulged as he turned to his sudden outburst. Dude! exclaimed Harry as Erica demanded. What are you? We are not going out to dinner with you, Jefferson said flatly. Harry's eyes narrowed at the older man. I wasn't asking you. Jefferson glared at him, then placed part of the heat of his stare at Erica, who returned it with interest. He sighed as he visibly composed himself. Listen, you two know what's going on. I know what's going on. Hell, the businessman knew what was going on. He waved his arms wide. The whole bloody street knows what's going on. Erica and Harry took an unconscious step back from each other as they glanced around. People in the thoroughfare and shops paused to watch the scene with varying levels of interest. Jefferson lowered his voice. Listen, I'm a fan of the art of wooing as much as the next person. Erica raised an eyebrow. The art of wooing? Jefferson continued. I digress. It is painfully obvious that the two of you like each other. Erica hissed. Jefferson! Well, yeah, nodded Harry. Fire bloomed up the sides of Erica's cheeks as she blushed. You do? Oh, yeah. I've been a fan of yours since your blog, Confessions of a Sidekick. You have? She took a step closer towards him. Harry nodded again as he, too, stepped closer, moon-eyed. Yeah. Jefferson, already pushed back from the boundaries of their awareness, shoved himself back into the periphery. Will you two stop it? Dude, Harry snapped. What are you, her father or something? No, I'm her partner, Jefferson said grimly. 
reminding the pair of you that we have a caper. A caper that involves us going against each other. Harry said, yeah? So? I'm friends with lots of heels around here. I hung out with many of them before I caper. Jefferson's eyes narrowed. How many have you hung out with after a caper? Harry shook his head. I don't know. What's that got to do with anything? Jefferson ignored him as he pointedly looked at Erica. The young woman deflated as images of her last caper flashed before her mind's eye. Jefferson nodded sadly. He didn't want to hammer reality home, but he knew from first-hand experience how blind a person can become when they were only staring at one pair of eyes. He turned to the irate speedster. The point being is the stakes that we are playing for are too high. We need that money to pay off the expenses that come from our side of the net. Whether intentional or not, we cannot blur the line between our personal and professional lives. You are simply too formidable of an opponent to underestimate. Sensing the emotional shift, Harry looked between Erica and Jefferson, finally said in a low voice, Listen, I'm not like Sleek. Erica cringed. Harry placed a gentle hand on her shoulder. I don't want to hurt anyone, least of all you. Erica patted his hand on her shoulder before gently gripping it and taking it off. She held it in both hands and sighed heavily. I know you won't, but... She glared at her partner. Even though he said it like a total jerk, Jefferson's right. It is my cross to bear, Jefferson said dryly. Maybe you should work on carrying a smaller cross, said Erica. She sighed and glanced up at the younger man. She could feel tears burning at the edges of her vision, but she willed them back. Listen, I would very much like to see you again sometime, but we really need to get ready for our upcoming caper. As a gadgeteer, I have so much to do to prepare for these things. I'm sorry, but I have to focus. Oh, said Harry, crestfallen. I'm really sorry, Erica said. I understand, said Harry. Well, not really, but I'll respect your reasoning. He offered her a weak smile. Well, our caper is only three weeks away. Maybe afterwards I could take you out to dinner. Erica smiled. I would like to. Harry scowled at Jefferson. If that is okay with you, partner. Jefferson rolled his eyes. I perish the thought of coming between young. Whatever this is. Harry pointed at Jefferson. I can tell you one thing. I'm looking forward to taking you down a peg. Jefferson stared back levelly. He said dryly, I shall look forward to it. Erica glanced between them. Okay. She shook her head. Well, this has been fun. But we really should get going. She glared at Jefferson. Her gaze spoke volumes. When we get back, we are going to have words. Jefferson stared back with the jaded resolve of a multi-time divorcee. I'm sure we will. Harry watched the unheard conversation pass between them. He broke in. Well, if I can't take you to dinner, may I at least walk you to the teleportation pad? Erica tore her gaze off her partner and smiled at him shyly. I would like that, 
Cool. Which one are you using? The set of teleportation pads by Section 7G, said Erica. Whoa, the ones by the newsrooms? He whistled. That is an intimidating corridor to walk through. Tell me about it, Erica agreed. The three of them settled into an awkward silence as they headed towards the exit. Harry and Erica's hands drifted to their sides on occasion, hoping that the other one would take the initiative and grab it. Both glanced back at Jefferson, who schooled his expression into an unreadable scowl. Out loud, he merely grunted, but inwardly Jefferson growled, Just grab her bloody hand already. Harry finally settled on carrying her rocket launcher case for her. In far too short a time, the three of them reached the corridor just in front of their exit. On the other side of the walkway, the filming studios were their usual bustle of activity. Harry and Erica ignored them as they focused on each other. Jefferson stood off to the side, feeling like a turn-of-the-century chaperone. Well, I'm sorry we can't go to dinner right now. Harry scouted Jefferson, who pointedly ignored him. Three weeks. I'll take you out for a real dinner date, then. Erica nodded. I would like that. I know you said no dates, but can I at least have your phone number? Harry asked. Jefferson interjected. I don't think that would be a wise idea. Sure, said Erica, sparing her partner a quick glare. I don't see why we can't at least talk. Jefferson groaned. She beamed mischievously as she texted her number to Harry. Well, I'll call you later, said Harry. Jefferson snapped. What the devil? Harry rounded on him. Listen, man, I've had just about enough out of you, and... His voice trailed off. Jefferson wasn't staring at them. His eyes were firmly locked onto the commotion occurring in the glass-off studio of the Hero Report. Eric and Harry stared too. She asked, What's happening in there? Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater of Heels after these messages. On the next episode of Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Titan Heels. We interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcast for a news update that is unfolding right now. Audience are shocked as they watch news unfold not out in the world, but in the very heart of the news studio, The Hero Report. As a mind-blowing story is blown wide open, hidden truths are revealed, and one person gets targeted by the wrath of the Board of Inquiry. Tune in next week for Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Intermission 3, this just in. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.